Welcome to another episode of Global Gibberish. Today we have with us Shayna. Now, Shayna and I met in Ecuador. I think she was out, we were at Selena and she mm-hmm. was out. Uh, they had like these tables in front of the beach, just very, very beautiful scenery outside of the fact that the sun rarely came out. But I remember meeting Shayna and you weren't feeling too well when I met her but I did remember we just had like a very brief conversation um for me to like get to know her knew she was from the states and so as we were rounding up um season four I was like you know what I'm gonna reach out see if she wants to join us on the show and obviously she said yes because she's here (laughs) so I'll let Shayna give a brief introduction of who she is and um Shayna if you had three words to describe yourself which three words would you use and why? Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Well, yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did see me in one of my lowest moments. Anyone who has traveled outside the U.S. probably knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, I met you in Ecuador. And when we met, I was um, about a month into like a four-month solo adventure. And so it was like always so nice to just meet other awesome people to connect with and you know get to exchange info even if it was brief and just kind of build that friendship via social media and whatever it was um after we parted ways so yeah my name is Shayna I live in Washington DC currently I'm 24 grew up in the Virginia DC area so didn't stray too far away until I kind of started traveling um since I graduated in COVID, I graduated May 2020. So the past few years have been a bit of a whirlwind for me. I had to figure things out. Um, I've done a whole lot of things. I've been a seventh grade math teacher, a nanny, solo traveler. Right now I'm working in nonprofit fundraising here in DC. So gotten to try out a lot of fun things. Um, you said three words to describe myself, right? Okay. The first one I would say would be independent. And I think that I would not have described myself that way maybe like five years ago, but I think I've grown in my independence a lot over the past few years. I don't really need someone else with me to make a decision or book a flight or go after something that I think is interesting. And I think I feel way more like myself when I'm by myself, whether that's alone traveling or like just on a day in the city doing my errands. Um, I feel very at peace with myself and feel like, yeah, independence which definitely has its drawbacks. I'm sure us independent girlies could say, like, we don't really rely on other people. Um, (laughs) But that's what I would say about word number one. Word number two, I think I'm very curious. I have lots of interests. I've always had too many things going on. Never was one girl with like one sport or one career interest. Um, And so I feel like that curiosity allows me to try out lots of different hobbies and also lots of different lives for myself. What could that look like from a career perspective or where I'd want to live, which is, again, has good sides and bad sides to it. Sometimes like the paralysis of too many awesome things in front of you to decide between. Um, And I think curiosity is really important when you're traveling, especially when you're traveling alone, which I'm sure we can chat about because it allows you to differentiate from all the awesome stuff you're seeing. Like sometimes churches start to look the same, like waterfalls start to look the same. And when you have that curiosity, you can um, kind of discover like what's special about each individual moment or experience. 
And then word number three, I crowdsourced this one from a friend. Um, and she said that I was very balanced, which I think I, I would agree with, which I like, I wouldn't think about that word to describe me, but in a couple ways, I think I've always had a very good work-life balance. Like I've never been one of those people who dives too deeply into one thing. Like it's too easy for me to close my laptop at the end of the day, honestly. Um, so from that perspective, I've always been good about finding time for relaxation, self-care, stuff like that. And then also I think my friends come to me as a very level head. Like I can be very balanced when I'm thinking about situations or someone else's crisis or my crisis. Um, and I think I can look at it from a pretty balanced perspective of different possibilities and hopefully help myself and make friends make decisions that way. So that's what I would say about me. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And I know you were you were speaking on the pros and cons, not necessarily, you know, there's another side of being independent. There's another side of being curious, but you didn't say that there's another side of being balanced. Ooh, that's balanced. true. Um, so what would you say those other sides of being independent or curious mm -hmm. are? And why do you think you didn't say there's another side of being balanced? That's a great question. I think the other side of being independent that sometimes hinders me and hinders a lot of people who could, could, would consider themselves independent is um, compromising and just learning to fit other people and other people's preferences, styles, priorities into your life or into your day. Um, I think that's something that becomes less prominent when you like to do things by yourself and you feel really confident in your ability to do things by yourself. Why would you come on this trip with me? I'll have a better time alone. Like I'll eat at all my favorite restaurants and go to as many museums as I want. But then you kind of miss out sometimes on sharing those experiences with people. Um, so I think that's what I meant by kind of the two sides of independence. Um, and curious. I am always jealous of people who had like a dream job or a dream sport or a dream just in general, because I've always felt very pulled in different directions by a lot of things, which I know is a blessing. But at the same time, it can be very confusing to know that it's on you to decide which path to take. And I know we'll talk about that later and sort of like adapting um, that's kind of what I mean by curiosity. Like, curiosity killed the cat. Like you've opened too many doors. You never know what you're going to find. That is a challenge for me for sure. And balance, the flip side to being balanced, I guess, is I could be more spontaneous. Like I could just follow an instinct versus thinking about it. But I think I've gotten better at that over the past few years. Like people in my life would probably say, oh, Shana, you've gotten a lot more adventurous. You've become less of an overthinker, you know, not letting anxiety kind of keep you from doing things. Um, so I think that's why balance is a good thing because it's kind of like my baseline. And then you can kind of give and take how much you want to be spontaneous or do something that's maybe not on paper, the smart thing to do, but you want to try it anyway. Right. And, and hopefully you glean that perhaps I was moving towards it's it's interesting because we can say what's good or bad 
or what's more socially acceptable versus what's not. And I, what I love to hear and what I, what I've learned from a lot of solo travelers is like having that time to be with yourself, you get the opportunity to know yourself. Like I, I remember just being crippled by like, what did I want to do? And I could literally at the beginning, not make a decision because I was like, I don't know what I want to do because I've always made decisions based on what other people wanted to do or what they needed me to do. And so I definitely think as you grow and as you morph into the person that you're becoming and aspire to be, you do kind of find a balance in a way that there isn't really a true ultimate balance because it it differs for every person. And if it works for you, hey, kudos. Uh, so like you you hit on the point um, for adaptation. And as you know, and as we've talked, that th- that's the theme for the season. And you've kind of got a little background um, for me personally, why I chose that theme. So if you were to think about the word adaptation, what are some life experiences or just images that come to mind that you would like to share with the listeners today? Totally. And I know what you mean about the decisions. Like it is honestly paralyzing sometimes to be in charge of your own day. It's a skill that I don't think enough people talk about. And I'm sure we can talk about it a lot more. Um, I think when I think about adaptation, I think about like rolling my shoulders down, um, which I think I hold a lot of tension, like in my body, like you we're all, we all sit like this all day, right? like even without knowing it. And so when I think about adapting or being flexible in life, I think about like exhaling and just like letting it lie a little bit, just like a good visual, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of adapting or being flexible or being in unknown situations, I think is learning how to trust your intuition and learning how to trust your gut, which mm-hmm. you can only learn by being put in uncomfortable situations and like stress testing yourself. And so one example that comes to mind um, was like maybe a few weeks into my trip in Ecuador, I was feeling kind of stressed and a little bit lost. Like that's where I started and I was alone and um, the weather was really bad and there was like a strike and I was supposed to start this like five day trek and the highways were blocked off by protesters. And I was so anxious. I was like, why am I here? Like, I have nobody in this country. I'm not doing what I wanted to do. Like I should just go home and stop this. And I was sitting in this hospital alone and this girl walked into my room and I kind of recognized her and I wasn't sure, like maybe I had met her at a previous hostel or something. I couldn't really place it. And then I realized that she was friends with my sister-in-law from D.C. She was a yoga teacher with my sister-in-law here in in Virginia and D.C. And I followed her on Instagram. We had never talked. And I recognized her because she had blue hair. And I was like, is your name Claire by any chance? Um, Like, I think you know. I was like, I think you know Hannah. I don't know. Like, do you guys teach yoga together? Um, And it was Claire. And she had been in Ecuador for like six months all by herself. And it was like this moment of just like 
some something some whatever was sending a familiar person to me to remind me that like this big scary world is pretty small actually and now I have this resource in front of me Mm -hmm. who's been in this country for six months alone has done all the things I want to do and I can learn from her and Mm -hmm. I felt so like safe and like I could relax and so that was one moment that I felt like you know, I'm not where I thought I would be definitely not where I thought I would be a year ago or a week ago. Um, and now I'm taking what's being presented to me and I'm going to use it to change what the rest of this journey looks like. So I think that's the great lesson is like, you have to let go of whatever was behind you. Like you thought your day or your life was going to look like, and just accept what's coming towards you and like, see what you can get out of it. Wow. And I feel like being present with your current reality Mm -hmm. is a skill within itself. And I didn't realize how challenging it was until this week where I'm celebrating six days of sobriety of not being on Instagram. (laughs) Like I literally have an app that sends me a notification saying, congratulations, you have reached a milestone of five days of being sober from social media. And as I, you know, commended people like you who were solo traveling, and I love traveling with the group that I was in, I just knew the season that I was in in my life. I needed to have that space to explore parts of myself that, I felt very uncomfortable with being with and sitting with. And there's a similar experience when you're present within your day, you're dropping your shoulders and you're like, I have a plan. However, you know, it may or may not happen. What does it look like to be present within my day? Fully present to be with me. And not distracted. And I realized like, even like with the the religion that I was ascribed to and even social media, it was either I was living in the future or living in the past. And I could not count on my fingers. And even now it's so hard. Like, what does it look like to live in the present? I certainly don't know. I don't think any of us do. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, that's a great point. And it can be as simple as like existing in what's very uncomfortable and acknowledging that it's very uncomfortable and hard and you wish you were somewhere else. And that's part of it, I think. Um, and like you've traveled alone in Colombia. You know that Colombia is like beautiful chaos. Nothing's on time. Nothing is where it's supposed to be. And I remember talking to my mom on the phone about one experience of just like I wanted to be in control so badly of what was going on. And I like got to a bus station and they said, okay, the next bus is going to leave when it's full. And there were like five people there and it was a huge, you know, charter bus. And I was like, well, I'm supposed to be staying here on this night and then here the next night. And if I don't get on this bus, like here's this domino of what's going to happen. And then I'm like, what, am I going to drive the bus myself? Cause there's five people. And I like, no, I just had to sit oh. there and let it happen and think wow if I was at home right now and like the metro hadn't come I would be so angry and it would ruin my day 
Mm-hmm. But I guess let me adapt and try to make a friend at this bus station right now and right. like figure out what's going on. Right. And oh my goodness. Um, I rem- I think we were, we may have been in Ecuador around the same time when they were having the protests. But I remember going out because I heard that there would be some protests and I was like, I'm going to go to the grocery store. <laughs> I'm still going to go to the grocery store. So I took it upon myself, left Selena, walked over a block to go to the grocery store. And next thing I know, I'm in line and the cop is letting down the, um, he's letting down the gate because something is going off. Like it sounded like a bomb. I know it wasn't a bomb, but maybe it was like the barricade smoke, uh, gas. What is it called? Um, gas or whatever was going off. And I remember like just being terrified. I'm like, I gotta run back to the hospital. I don't know where to go. These people are just out. This is crazy. And it was like, but we're supposed to go to Montanita. How are we gonna get there if all of the uh, roads are blocked? But it was very beautiful because in that moment there was a two a, a couple, uh, Bruno and Victoria, who were actually staying in the same hostel and. They were supposed to travel, but they couldn't travel because of the roads being blocked. And just by them being there gave me extra time to like get to know them and, and have a friendship with them. And yeah, so just learning how to just adapt to to what's in front of us for sure. That's beautiful. All right. So, um, Shayna, I got a question for you. Now, you know, the 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 mission of this podcast is to create space for listeners to listen intently, to respond consciously and live more authentically. How would you encourage listeners to do one or all three? Okay, first, and I think you will probably agree with this, and I'm trying to do this myself, is in general, spend way less time on my phone and especially when I'm spending quality time with friends or people that I love is to leave my phone in another room because it's really hard to listen and learn from each other or connect with a friend or catch up with a friend. If like even the sight of your phone out of the corner of your eye is there. That's what it's like psychologically bent to do, right? Like remind us of it. So I think that's one way that I'm working on listening more and being more connected to people is phone out of sight um I also think what was the second one living consciously uh-huh listen intently respond consciously and live more authentically oh right okay something that I've been doing a lot recently is taking a lot of pictures and I know that I just went backwards because I said don't look at your phone but maybe do it on the camera whatever like I take pictures of everything in my little silly day, on travels, on a beautiful sunset, whatever it is, I take pictures of so many things because I think it allows me to go back to moments that I felt really good or really bad and remind myself of wanting to go back to them or seek out a certain feeling. Like I was just going through my camera roll and I saw a photo of like me and my brother hanging out. And I haven't seen my brother in a little while, like a couple weeks. And I was like, let me reach out to him right now. And so that was like me responding consciously to like a great memory that's right in front of me. Um, And that's something that helps me stay more connected to like what really makes me happy. Um, 
So always pictures. And everyone wants a picture of them. So if you're a friend with the pictures, people want to hang out with you. So that's a, that's a great tip. And then finally, um, I think bringing solo travel and like the essence of solo travel into your everyday life is the most important thing you can do. And that means spending a meal alone, sitting for 30 minutes at a coffee shop alone, joining a new activity and fighting the urge to bring a friend with you. I think by putting yourself in totally foreign environments in your own city or in your own town, you can connect with that like really beautiful new connection part of your soul that you don't really get when you're just in a place with people that you already knew. Um, my friends always joke that I'm the only one who made organic friends since we graduated from college, like not friends that we didn't go to school with because a lot of my friends live in the area. We're all from nearby. Um, and I just say like, but what are you doing to make an organic friend? Like you're not getting out there. Like I, right. mm -hmm. I got back last May from all the traveling and I like started going to salsa classes. I joined a rock climbing gym. I like did a whole, just a bunch of new things and just, didn't stand in the corner on my phone and wait for someone to talk to me. And that's something that you practice when you're staying in hostels or you're alone in a new country. So why can't that ex exist at home? And I think that helps me just be present and not have to run away from things, leave the country to like feel that awesome, fuzzy feeling of newness and learning from the people around me. So go take yourself out to dinner. That's what I would say. And, and I do have a follow-up question. So what is one thing that you've learned new about yourself by mm -hmm. being back in this space? Because you're not traveling right now. You're back mm -hmm. home in D.C. Uh, your, your friends that you, you know, went to school with are in the area, but you're making new organic friends. So what is one new thing that you've learned about yourself? That's a hard question. I think it goes back to um, maybe the curiosity piece a little bit. I think that there's different facets of our personality and different facets of our identity that don't need to be served by one thing. Like, I think, I don't know if that makes sense, but I don't need to, to get everything I need out of friendship from one friend. I don't need to feel fulfilled by my social wow. life in DC. Yeah, I, I learned that in, in school, actually, like in one of my psychology classes and like how, you know, you would never expect, I don't remember what it was, but like everybody's different. Everybody has a strength and a weakness. And if you put all of that on one person, they're bound to disappoint you. Or if you put all of that on one night out, like it's bound to disappoint you for a whole weekend. So I think learning that like, I can find my warm fuzzy from friend A and I can find my analytical from friend B and my adventure side at the climbing gym and then my peaceful side at the coffee shop. Like, I think you can find it in all sorts of spaces. You just have to be willing to explore it a little bit. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. And so like, as we wrap up, what, um, what is, what is one thing you would or maybe a couple thing or image or like when people hear your episode and your insight what would you hope that they walk away from 
And they may have to listen to it multiple times. I listened to a <laughs> podcast from, with Renee Brown um, today and it was like, I was hearing, but I don't know if I was listening. And so I probably need to like listen to it again. But if a person doesn't have the opportunity to listen to it again, what would you hope that they walk away from this episode, either knowing about you or being able to take into life? I hope that if you spent 27 minutes of your life listening to this, you feel like not everything has to be that serious and nothing is permanent and you can try a million little things and some of them will work and some of them won't for you. Um, And it's just all part of exploring what you like and what works for you. So that's what I would hope people take away. And then I also want you to go book a solo trip somewhere. It doesn't have to be out of the country. It doesn't have to be out of the state. It can be a day. You don't have to sleep in a new place. But try it out. See how you like it. And I bet you will make a new friend because it's really easy to meet people when you're alone. Right in front of us, this lovely connection from a day of food poisoning in Ecuador. Um, So that's what I would say. (laughs) Go try it. See how you like it. Funny because like everybody is like, you're going to be alone. I'm like, y'all don't understand. You're never really alone. No. However, like when you're (laughs) in these hostels and these environments, it's like you can choose how much interaction you want, but it's a beautiful, 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 beautiful experience because it's like solo travelers or just travelers in general know that you're not going to be there long. So there's like a sense of like vulnerability that people are willing to share. And it's like, I don't know. It's just like, you just cut to the chase. There's not really like a whole lot of small talk. It's like, we're going to go catch this mountain. You want to go? And it's like, I'll go hike with you. I've just met you uh, 30 minutes ago, but this sounds fun. Yeah. Um, No, no one cares. No one cares what your job is. No one cares why you're there or who you left at home or literally anything. And I think there's just a level of trust that comes with meeting other solo travelers because like they don't want people to mess with them. They won't mess with you. You can trust them with your stuff, trust them with your life and your well-being. Um, and some of the best friends I have are I met totally randomly on a mountain somewhere or I'm about to go meet up with a friend in Hawaii later this year who I met on by chance in a hospital in Columbia, then ran into once by accident, then ran into again by accident. And now we're friends. So like, that's the beauty of it. You never know who you're going to run into time and time again. I would definitely agree. And I, and something that I'm personally going to take home with me from what you shared is the the friendship piece of Mm. not, because I know I have the capacity. I I stopped saying best friend. Like I thought I was just heartbroken one time, but I, (laughs) I realized like I was just putting all of this expectation in one person. And it's like, I was setting myself up for failure. So my the vulnerable soft side of me is like, I will never say I have a best friend. I just have very close friends, but I still can see that tendency where I um, put all my eggs in one basket um, mm-hmm. because I'm loyal. However, at the same time, this season has taught me to, I can appreciate you for who you are and I can appreciate you for who you are and what you bring to the table. And it's, it's not necessarily what can I get from you, but how can I show up for you in a way that I am most authentic and also create a space 
for my friends to do the same. Um, and then whatever comes from that just comes from that. Because I do that while traveling. I don't know these people exactly. to be like, I need you to affirm me or I need you to text me all the time. It's just like, I'm showing up authentically who I am. You're here and it's like, hey, let's do life. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. Yeah. More, more travel in our everyday, even if, even if you're not moving anywhere, I think. I like that. Well, we'll end on that note, Shana. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing the space with us. We hope that this isn't the last time that you um, are here. And if you guys want to reach out or contact her, what's the best way that people can reach out if they have more questions about solo travel or just yeah. you in general? Because I mean, yeah. you're going to school for like social work soon. And yeah. so she's yes, got, she's got some that. other nuggets. <laughs> all, all the nuggets, nowhere to go. Um, yeah, happy to chat. Um, you can reach out to me on Instagram um, at Shana G. Berg, um, S-H-A-I-N-A. G-B-E-R-G. Hard to spell. Um, but yeah, it was such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for having me on. This was so much fun. Absolutely. Peace out, A-Town. Thank now. you. I'm dropping my shoulders today. Yeah, literally, you see my body language? Like, I'm up here. Like, let's shake it out. Yeah, <laughs> shake it out. All right. Awesome. We'll chat with you soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.